Morning, handsome. Coming at you from sunny Oakland, California, in handsome headquarters, this is Morning Handsome. Brought to you by liberalguiltradio.org and morninghandsome.com. Today in the studio, we have our two illustrious co-hosts, Caleb Hofford, Morning Handsome. Morning. And Hondro Ambrose, Morning Handsome. Good morning. I'm Lee Sanger-Golden, your host for Morning Handsome. Got a lot of great things to talk about today. Uh, for instance, three-fifths of people will be living in cities by 2030. Rick Perry suggested we invade Mexico. And uh, a new iPhone's coming out. I'm excited. <laughs> you should Because be. I'm in contra. I'm looking forward to hearing about the racist bake sale. Oh, yeah, there was, right here in the Bay Area of California, we had a, a racist bake sale the other day, brought to you by the, um, like, a, a youth Republican initiative uh, at University of California. Well, it, was a, it was a racial sliding scale. Right. The cost of bake goods, basically. Right, it was a protest against um, some affirmative action legislation that's going to be affecting uh, universities. Um, and to demonstrate um, how awful they are, this like Republican youth group <laughs> decided to um, have a sliding, sale bake, uh, sliding scale bake sale. So if you were a, a, a white, you would have to pay more for your, your baked goods than a, 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 a person of a different skin. So that's what happened there. Um, so well, a part, I'm really conflicted about this because um, I'm trying not to be an awful person. And, you know, I think that we should have non-white people in universities. <laughs> I'm trying to be racist right now, but I can't stop doing the bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> But also the bake sale—it's kind of a funny bake sale. Like it's pretty—if it wasn't—if it didn't hurt people's feelings, it would be a pretty hilarious bake sale. So that's that's where I'm conflicted. My my love of comedy and my love of of not being an asshole are kind of conflicted here. But to be fair, it's not like they're really offering any kind of. Uh, it, this isn't a crucial service. Like I'm not going to die if I don't get that snickerdoodle. You obviously have not had the kind of snickerdoodles that I have had. That, that conservative youth groups make? Caleb, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait one sec. Are you making an argument for institutional racism? I mean, like, is no, that what you just I, no. said? I'm just saying that if they're going to protest by having a bake sale, then so be it. If they were going to protest by, I don't know, like, not letting black people into hospitals, I might have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I, well, I think that this is... I know really, that doesn't make any I, sense I, at all. I, I mean, so let me let me put this into a different perspective for you. Next year, the Girl Scouts are releasing a new, wonderful cookie... That only white people can buy. No, targeted at a certain segment of the uh, of the Girl Scout, buying, Girl Scout cookie buying population in San Francisco. It's going to be called the Fudge Packer. Okay, um. It's going to actually picture two men having sex with each other. Now, if you're but the opposed, picture's going to be from the 90s because yeah, the all pictures on <laughs> Girl Scout bo uh, boxes all have to be from the 90s. They do not change the pictures on those boxes. Those women are all probably <laughs> scout leaders now. They're not even scouts anymore. You know They're probably about? dead. Whoa, morbid. Well, that's not fair. See, I just got cut off and now... It's I true. Now, that's true. I, and now, you uh, had a point. No, now I just sound like a complete and utter fucking asshole because I said... <laughs> it sounds like I was just saying really horrible shit. Yeah. What I was trying to say was more like I don't think that you could approve of, you know, a, a, of a, even a private enterprise advocating an institutional kind of uh, issue like, like racism or discrimination, when, you know what I mean, a, a, in any way. And I think that, like, you know, uh, a, this, them having a private bake sale, you know, is... No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying if they want to be dicks, they have the right to be dicks. Right, and that's the, the 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 right that the Republican Party exercises. Yeah, the basically. Most. Okay. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's what the, the the like. Hey, join the Republicans, and you can be a dick with other people. <laughs> 
Can you imagine what it was another like being a, a young Republican at University of California, uh, uh, Berkeley? That must be so bad. That must be like being like a Nazi in Israel. It's like David Spade at PCU. I think I think they do it just to like so that they can step into other people's shoes. Are like okay, so this is what black people feel like when they're you know uh, coming to my neighborhood. So uh, completely alienated and not in. But can we cut that just part? That like sounds David terrible. David Spade in PCU yeah, when Jeremy Piven was there. jumping on top of his dorm bed while he was wearing uh, uh, braces. Right, right. That's what you're trying to get at, Andre. Right. Yes. I'm just, I'm, 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 I like that you Caleb steamrolled right through, but but Lee was like so struck by the analogy that we had. To I'm just on and on. Was, on. Was just, great. Okay, I think that was a good. I think it was a great analogy. Hey, I, folks yeah. out there, in well, and thank land, you for saving me from whatever I was trying to say. I, I, yeah, you're welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Right, you know, I gave I gave the boys here a pep talk right before we went on the uh, air, and when I say air, I give air quotes. Um, they're like, hey, let's have a good time here today, boys. Let's let's not be racist. Let's not be misogynist. <laughs> and then like just like start rolling. Like, hello, I'm Lee Sanger Golden. I'm Caleb Upper. I'm Hunter. Gay Oz. black people, we hate them. <laughs> other people hate them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So so what about this? Uh, this everybody's moving into the city. Yeah. What what what's going on with that? That's a shocking statistic that you brought to us this morning, yeah. Caleb. Yeah, new uh, there's a, there's a new study that uh, three fifths of people um, it's projected they're going to live in large cities by the year 2030. So in just 19 years. That's 60 percent. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's a lot of people. Yeah. So think about well, how does this study define a city, though. Well, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't know. I didn't read the whole study. <laughs> I, read, I read the byline. Sim cities. Or yes, just real exactly. Because yeah. I think that if you include the Sim City or the Half Life or the Second Life or the Third Life, because there's some millions of people in or those. the Afterlife. Well, they they do count, but they're they're only a uh, they only get like one. They're only part. They're fractional people. Thank you. Yeah, Thank no, you. I three, agree. Three I think fifths that of a people, three yeah. fifths of people are th- are only counted <laughs> yeah. as three fifths. Yeah, of virtual a people are three fifths yeah. of a if person are, in yeah. the three fifths of yeah. the total so population. So if you could include one third of the virtual <laughs> food, virtual people population, and you each and they each require three fifths of a person. What I'm interested in is how is this going to change the political landscape? Well, we all have to find a common denominator, which is five. <laughs> you know what it's going to do is it's going to empower the rural areas to uh, elect more. Uh, you know, uh, conservative politicians who don't represent the uh, uh, the viewpoints of most of the large population centers. And it's going to challenge us to say the word rural without sounding drunk. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But but I mean, they're only going to have the uh, the only place where they're going to that power is going to benefit them is really in the Senate because everywhere else it's more populous and uh, yeah, but that those, many more people. But those in the... boundaries get when those boundaries get redrawn, mm. they uh, they they get redone by state legislatures and the That's states true. end up having disproportionate representation. Gerrymandering is mm-hmm. such a hilarious like, <laughs> drive time topic. <laughs> hey everyone on the road. Alright, this is ass crack and ass crack and we are talking about gerrymandering. Wow. Right. Well, well, well said, Lee. Well said. I, could, I couldn't think of, of two uh, drive time guys, so I just said ass crack twice. <laughs> that seems right. Because I, I think uh, Adam Carolla does that where he calls it like back sack and ass crack or something like that. Like, I couldn't think of anything clever. All I could think of was his voice in my head. Uh, so I just said ass crack twice. I apologize for people who listen to multiple podcasts. 
But um, yeah, so the Wall Street sit-in has been going on pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. People, we've been seeing a little bit of it going on here in San Francisco, California, which is which is where I spend a, a good amount of my time during the week. Yeah, it was actually people protesting out there too. It was actually pretty funny uh, after uh, leaving work in the beautiful thirty-second uh, floor office that we work in. Uh, I was walking uh, by a couple of protesters, and we were off to get a drink, you know, with the money that we got paid, and it was anti-corporate America, hate them, and I was like, hey, just so you know, that's us. Yeah. We like V for Vendetta, too. <laughs> you know, leave That's us right. Alone. But I also like to have the money to buy it. Yeah. I think that what they're protesting, though, is um, just like the reshuffling of wealth in America. Right. And, and how a lot of people who, uh, you know, blame c- people for having communist <laughs> ideas do essentially what communist uh, governments do, which is, you know, shuffle around wealth for relatively arbitrary reasons and to relatively arbitrary parties right and uh, just control far more of it I, I definitely am in the uh the easily within the middle class and not the wealthy and you have forgotten the 5th of november which is why they need to remind you to it's remember true. remember well i so i thought that the side of this this you know i i never really care about the issues i just really am interested in the personal side of these stories mm-hmm. um and so with the wall street protest for me i, I thought what was interesting is like you know the conflict between this institutionalized uh, new york police department you know which is really renowned for Second only to L.A. maybe of being like, <laughs> and second the, only to the Ghostbusters as being like the best like enforcement agency in New yeah, York. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, so so they you know have been clashing with these like you know really ragtag group of protesters. Mm-hmm. You know, people that re- you're ranging in ages from like baby boomers to like hippie yeah. teenagers, and like you have these really diverse groups, and like and then there's like job of the I mean Michael Moore is sitting in the middle of the whole thing, and it's like. <laughs> He ate his beef for a He did eat his mask. Oh, Guy Fox, you were delicious. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, and then so so there was like footage, the big big dust up because there was footage of this this uh, you know white shirt NYPD guy, so it's a supervisor level, you know, like uh, uh, his name was Anthony Bologna, and so such they a have good New York so good. So anyway, so, so yeah, such a good co- cop name. Anyway, so so they like this like they already have you know they use this orange netting to cordon off the protesters so they have like a group of women maybe eight nine ten women kind of cordon off in this orange you know uh, uh netting and they're like kind of holding them aside on like the sidewalk you know they're free to move but they're just encaged in and so tony baloney walks up with his mace out and just dusts them just crop dust the shit out of all of them and you just see him just just, just start melting like like uh, some some uh, scene from like Raiders the wicked the witch of the Ark. east uh or West. raiders of the lost ark Anyway, it was it was incredible, and so um, so don't protest. I mean, come and then on. A, and then no, yeah, because he hates protesters. <laughs> but then like somebody tried to walk up to him, a reporter tried to walk him to the camera, like like five minutes later, and like say, "What was going on? Why are you mace people?" And he just sprayed mace on the camera. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my God. And then today or yesterday, they arrested like seven hundred people on the Brooklyn Bridge, and so and supposedly like the way it went down. It was hard to tell, but they basically, like, differing reports are that mm-hmm. the cops might have actually just sort of led the protesting group Onto along the to the bridge yeah. for maybe 100 yards or so before finally turning around and saying, you can't be walking here, mm-hmm. suddenly occasioning the minimum arresting them all. Right. Um, but, of course, the cops say, no, 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 we told them you can, you can walk on the sidewalk and then we won't arrest you. Yeah. And that's the other side of the story. Yeah, so it's very interesting. We've really evolved as a country a lot since the civil rights movement. Now, instead <laughs> of uh, being abused by police officers for the color of our skin, uh, now we are abused by police officers for the spirit in our heart and our beliefs in our minds. And mm-hmm. that just really shows how we've evolved as a country <laughs> to a more awful state. Mm-hmm. 
but we can all eat at the same lunch counter together, oh, and then nice. cops can bust in and spray us down, you know, at the same lunch counter, which is which is great. I'm glad that the policing has evolved so much in, in our country. Just waiting for them to bust out those hoses. Have at it with us. Wow. All right. Anyway, so the crazy hairy ants. The what? The crazy hairy ants. The, oh yeah, the yeah. Hairy, I want I want to hear about ants. these. Okay. Um, I was trying to actually bring up an article for it, but I, I couldn't couldn't find one. But anyway, so the, so there's this the South American ant species. It's called the hairy crazy ant. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they think it originated somewhere in the Caribbean. There's a lot of different like names for this thing. And anyway, this isn't your father's sister who doesn't shave her armpits. That's exactly. the other crazy no, hairy not aunt. Auntie. Yeah, that's the crazy. <laughs> not your hairy crazy auntie. Well, oh, no, she... that's that, that's the crazy hairy aunt. Not oh, not yeah, the cr- not the hairy hairy crazy aunt. Okay, that's so let me tell you why they're called hairy crazy ants. Because they, there's actually a really good reason. Because they're called hairy because they like their abdomens are really hairy, and they look distinctly different from other ants. They're pretty small, but they look really dark and and they get lots of like you know little bits of things caught in their hair so it looks really they look like little <laughs> oh, turds no. basically and so and then the other thing is that they're crazy because they actually like they run really fast they're faster than most species of ants um your average like uh, fire ant or like ant that walks in a line you know these these ants tend to dart quickly like little uh, like waterflies like do they but, make little like jump jumping yeah, motions they jump, type things they're like really quick spurty yeah, motions yeah. and they they tend to dash around so when you see them, they look like they're crazy. They're going everywhere, okay? And so anyway, these ants, though, not only are they just multiplying like, like billions and billions and billions of these ants, they're like causing massive damage. They're invading people's – like there's uh, trailer parks. There's like a couple – like a trailer park that had to be like partially evacuated and abandoned because like the, basically with the camper or the, the, the mobile home had expanded with the ants nesting in its walls between the two walls. It had just – flexed out it was just full of that's amazing and when one is killed uh it's it gets a hundred to one response ratio for other ants coming to it so if you if one hits a power line um and gets fried a hundred ants come and then they die and basically it's causing like disruption of factories and power stations and things because they'll they'll basically seize up on these things a couple will get fried release the chemical it, it probably at a high volatile rate and then you know thousands millions of ants will come and blow the actual transformer and you can't issue pictures of the dead ants because it could be used by the other ants as a recruiting tool. Right. Right. <laughs> and in the holy war between man and ant that has raged for centuries. That's right. That is compared soon to the ants end to times. Soon the end times will come. Alhamdulillah. Well, they sound like suicide bombers to me. Yeah, if you kill one ant, another thousand will rise to take its place. <laughs> it is the formless enemy made of terror. Yeah. Six-legged terror. <laughs> and if they're crazy, then like, how do you get them in like a little Hairy six-legged terror? Uh, um, uh, what's it called? Straight jacket. Straight jacket. Tiny yeah. little straight jacket. <laughs> someone, someone's got to build. Somebody's working be. on it. Well, you you need an actually an extra couple because they've got those antennae as well. You got to right. cover those. Yes, exactly. Well, you put blinders on those. <laughs> Killing them is been, is pretty is pretty fascinating. Though I, I read I read a little another article that said like um, they had done some experiments with uh, some pesticides and their issue was that got you didn't high. kill all of them. It was it got worse. They covered a half an acre of level ground with the pesticide and and within thirty days there was almost a foot of biomass and on top oh, of it most of it yeah. dead. But they couldn't. But the top was still alive. And so they said if he doesn't actually just kill them, it just causes them to uh, – draws them. 
Wow. So they just stay and then they just sort of starve or crush them. They cr- they get crushed. No, they no, it they... killed. So the ones that died first released oh, chemicals just too many. and attracted right. more, and then they died and they attract more. So it didn't. If you don't kill them and get rid of them, basically they just start to like come out of the woodwork. Why don't they, they just keep drop? Why don't they just keep dropping pesticides on that same place? And right, then you'll just you have a gigantic you know hill. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily... A literal anthill. You know, attracting, like, masses of a population is not necessarily the way to exterminate it. Yeah, just, that's true. just causes them to <clears throat> produce more. It gives them a yeah, goal. Yeah, that's true. There's going to... The, ants, at, the, at the anyway, queens aren't going to come. These ants are crazy, man. I mean, like, they're, right. they're We insane. have to exterminate them because they, they control our banks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they control Hollywood. We need to put them on little Brio well, trains and send I them mean, away. I mean, I was yep. interesting if you yeah. get that we, direction. All, all into the same center. Oh, yeah. And so, and speaking of protecting our borders... <laughs> You know, yeah. Look, Whoa. These, if, yeah. Speaking of protecting our borders, look, if absolutely. these ants oh. have permits to work in California, we need them. Okay. Yeah. Right. But we can't illegally let ants come into here um, yeah. and and educate them um, and and heal them. Okay. Because... Well, and the so I mean, is... speaking of actually protecting yeah. our borders yeah. and Mexicans, there so, was there was you know this Al- what about this Alabama school stuff? I mean, have you? Guys, oh, I haven't. I haven't heard about this part. You guys no. haven't heard about the Alabama school thing? This is crazy. I thought we were so going to. Th- you know, I thought we were going to talk this, about Rick Perry. Yeah, we want to talk about Rick Perry, but I think this is a good list. Yeah, well, let's hear about it. Because I mean, talking about border protection. So, so the the Alabama, you know, just recently passed the statute increasing their immigration enforcement and causing the school districts to be responsible for checking new enrolled students for documentate documentation for citizenship. So either they need to get a sworn, an affidavit from their parents or they need to provide the documentation that proves they're citizens in order to enroll in every new district. Now, that's a big thing for schools. Schools normally are, you know, hands off of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Student shows up, they take them, right? So, you know, this, this would stay in the courts. It, you know, it already went through an appeal. The judge lifted the injunction. It went into wow. an effect. And all across Alabama... Hundreds of Hispanic students are disappearing from schools everywhere. Thousands. They say it could be as they could be as many. It could be thousands by now, but there's no official data yet released. But like when they interviewed these people at these various schools, like you know, every day thirty or forty more Hispanic you know children would stop, would just disappear. They just stop coming to school. God, we're just totally fucking like. <laughs> how do they think that's going to make things better? They're like, oh yeah, let's make sure that we have a an, a huge subset of our population that it doesn't even have a an elementary school education. Yeah. That's going to really benefit fit your economy down the right. line. Yeah. It sounds like also it's like kind of like a glaring indictment of the appeals process in general. Mm-hmm. It's like this right. went up for appeal yeah. and the judge was like, oh, this is a very appealing statute. Let's keep it on the books. Exactly. <laughs> Adjourned. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I always feel like it's really funny too when you read articles about these things that they always put who, which president and which party uh, appointed the judge. It'll always mm-hmm. be like, you know, yeah. ju- ju- you know, justice, blah, blah, schmack, schmack, you know, was appointed by Ronald Reagan and yeah. you know, therefore votes this way. You know, I mean, it's like they always have yeah. to qualify. I, I always love it when the, it says that they were appointed by George W. Bush. It's like, who was appointed by the Supreme Court? Court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's just a nice big circle jerk in DC. <laughs> yeah. It is like what, yeah, exactly. When it was, uh, you know, Al Gore versus George versus the state of Florida, or whatever. They they took the Supreme Court. They all just jerked each other off and decided to make the wrong. <laughs> they actually president. they actually call it the circle brief, and I don't mean Haynes. <laughs> and Sandra Day O'Connor just like she's like, look, I like getting finger blasted as much as the next <laughs> Supreme Court justice, but this isn't fair. <laughs> that being said, Al Gore is hella boring. Stay tuned for League Sanger Goldens, <laughs> the nine. Big surprise though, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's a squirter. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. You know what, folks? We'll be right back on Morning Hanson, brought to you by liberalgillradio.org. With MorningHandsome.com. I'm your host, Lee Sanger Golden. These are my illustrious co hosts, Hondro Ambrose and Caleb Hoffert. Lee, if you get three names, so do we. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, Hondro Wayne Ambrose. Thank you very much. And Caleb <laughs> Hoffert. What's your middle name? <laughs> <laughs> Steven. <laughs> Caleb Steven Hoffert. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. yeah. We all have three names. Yeah. I just hey. felt like I was being left out. Um, so I think that uh, we should launch into today's verses of the day. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. As you know, I, I'm trying to start a segment here on the show called Verses, where we pick two You're starting things. a segment. You're doing We're it right now. It. We are starting it right Let's now. Let's start it. Let's do it. Verses. Who verses. would win in a battle? Okay. Um, we're going to start out with today's battle between... Spock and Lieutenant Data. Ah, oh, damn. I want a Data mm. and C3PO and R2D2. Like as a team. They would just fuck. Team up. <laughs> it's like a t- double team versus Data. You know, data on one side. They would learn to feel together. Yeah. I- I'm going to have to go with Data on this one personally. Okay. Data. Um, data versus Spock? Yeah. And Data versus Spock. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Data too. I mean, like, ah, uh, shit. I can't believe I'm not taking my man Leonard. But Well, this is the problem. I mean, I, I would go with Data as well, but somebody has to take up Spock's cause yeah well what i mean no no i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that uh i'm gonna say that data wins no no data wins no the data's pretty you know no you know what i'm gonna go with spock i'm gonna go with spock i'm gonna go with spock because you know he's got he's got this you know the whole thing with spock is he's got the ingenuity you know he's supposed to have like just that little bit of mix of human ingenuity you know he's got that pure perfect vulcan intellect and he's super smart but he can think out of the box but he can think out Mm -hmm. of the box and data is uh, you know defined by the box he all that's his biggest limitation and he always is like kind of getting himself into trouble you know mm. because he he, he, he kind of like uh, doesn't he's think actually less spock. mature than spock I think yeah exactly. absolutely and so but, i'm gonna go with spock i'm gonna think that i think that spock finds a way yeah. to uh to offset the uh the obvious physical the advantages obvious that physical data advantages has. data has mm-hmm. and i'd mm-hmm. say that that part that becomes you know a, a less of an issue and all of a sudden you have uh you know the ability of one you know not necessarily the the straight math line or straight physical mm-hmm. ability you know and obviously they they're well matched but you have yeah. a little bit of ingenuity in, in in play i'm gonna go with spock but what if what if data had his uh, emotion chip in i'm st- i'm still gonna go with spock Ooh, I, the potato chip i don't really feel like uh was an excellent uh yeah we call addition it the, no i think it was a pretty stupid choice but we, we call it the potato chip here at handsome headquarters because it explains how data got logic but it doesn't explain how data got Fat as like the show goes on. Like if you watch like the pilot of Next Generation, <laughs> oh, so and true. then you watch, um, you know, the last movie in the series. Like you know, obviously everyone got fatter because that's what happens to us humans is we get fatter. Um, but he's not supposed to be a human, so they'd have no explanation well, why he got fat. So I, I, they should introduce like, oh, this is uh, you know Doctor Sung Doctor Sung's uh, potato chip that's put into you to make you be fat like normal humans. Well, the first emotion chip got fried, you know, and it, it didn't, it did, it wasn't able to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the yeah. second emotion chip got it got fried. Exactly. And then he ate it. And then he decided to eat it. <laughs> exactly. And thereby, he <laughs> well, certainly, if we're if we're gonna go with you know uh not not golden age data but uh you know fat later season data then spock is going to win hands down 
Unless it's fat later seasons. Well, fuck. you know, then, yeah. so then, then you have Leonard Nimoy versus Brett Spiner, and I, I have to take yeah. Brett Spiner. Unless it's a musical contest, because then they would just win and get a duet. No, Leonard Nimoy does not. That being no. said, I've never listened to Brett Spiner's um, album because it's like impossible to get a hold of. It's one of the most difficult like records to get. Yeah, a hold it was of. a limited production. It smells like it's burning. It was a limited production, and um, they... Uh... Uh, that's me burning a CD of Brent Spiner's album, um, oh. so you guys can all take it no. home with you. Everyone reach under your seats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. If you're here at Morning mm-hmm. Handsome, you get Brent Spiner's album, which has a picture of him dressed like Humphrey Brogan. Lee, you're like front. a white male Jewish <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> you're right. Oh, I'm wait. Nothing like Oprah. You're nothing like Oprah. <laughs> Except for the fact that I have microphones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where the similarities end. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, my weight fluctuates a bit, like Data's. <laughs> can, can we can we talk about can we talk about this magic carpet or yeah, sci- yeah, yeah. scientific oh, carpet? Yes. Yeah, scientific carpet. Cool. Oh, that's so good. Um, who wants to break? Who wants to carpet break of science? So, um, so some Princeton. Uh, this Princeton grad student uh, spent the last two years hooking electrodes up to a uh, film of plastic and has been able to get it to float off of the ground and move forward. Uh, basically, it just ripples along the ground, and there's air pockets that are um, trapped underneath, and it produces, like, gets a few centimeters off the ground, it just goes forward. And he made a magic carpet. Question. Can this... Um, Answer. Magic, can this magic carpet <laughs> ability be applied to some sort of board, and therefore create a hoverboard? Because that's really what we care about here in America. That's true. That is exactly what we think about. Um, well, he's got a plan. What he wants to do is uh, throw some solar panels on it, make it super hippie. Uh, that way it'll be able to just float along the ground. But he said uh, the real problem, the real kicker, is that uh, to have, have one that would have enough lift to actually pick up a human being, it'd have to be about 50 yards across. Ah, across. I see. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> if he really wants to be hippy-dippy, he should have it be fueled by the farts of uh, <laughs> flax seeds. So therefore, if you get a rider who is eating flax seeds, not only will they be lighter and therefore you know, will not need to be 50 feet wide or whatever, but they'll also be farting flaxseed farts, which will propel the machine Get further forward. further Flart seeds. Flart seeds, right. Because yeah. we all know omega-3 fatty acids are great for multiple, multiple reasons. You know, health, um, physical, uh, um, you know, attraction, and... Uh, propulsion. Propulsion, mm-hmm. exactly. That's why I eat kashi. <laughs> Gets you to work that much faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they should put a caution sign on kashi that's like... Caution with a K. If you eat this, you'll fart a lot. <laughs> wow, it was it was such it was so interesting to hear you making a salient point and then follow it up with the bathroom humor. Um, yep, that was novel. Mm-hmm. Salient is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> Can I propose another? We're the Morning versus... Hansa Podcast, where we bring things at you hard and heavy and quick and fast. <laughs> Salient. Thick. <laughs> Thick, heavy, and fast. Man. That's all I that's what I think is a more accurate list of adjectives <laughs> yeah, or adverbs for how we are bringing uh, it to you this morning. Yeah, seriously. My, my jokes are going down the drain about as quickly as that $15 million that was used to create Spielberg's Terra Nova pilot. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, that is true. I didn't watch this thing yet, but I, I mean, I... I, I uh, I just don't know if I really want to pay five dollars. You know, <laughs> we've we've all given Steven Spielberg so much money over the years. That's true. To disappoint us on half of those occasions. Right. So why why should we give him no money but time, the most important money of all? 
Exactly, and he's just going to keep putting out that flock. <laughs> did you actually just say that? <laughs> Not only did I actually just say that, but there's someone out there nodding, going, you're right, time mm. is the most important money of all. <laughs> time is the most important time of all. I mean, I, you know, Spielberg has disappointed in some ways over the years. I, he's still my favorite filmmaker in a lot of ways. I mean, he's just delivered so many things that I love, both as a director and as a producer. So it's hard for me to knock on him, even when he does like a dumb thing. So uh, I, I will reserve judgment. But well, I mean, he put it out I there. He it. was giving it a try. I, I, I don't see the problem with time traveling into the past to set up a colony uh, amongst dinosaurs. I see the dramatic possibilities there. We've all seen Dino Riders. We know yeah. what's up. <laughs> I, I, I'm certain that I had some when I was a kid. Why don't they reboot that? They did. They rebooted yeah. Transformers and GI Joes. Why don't they reboot the other great toy commercial of our youth, Dino <laughs> Riders, or Mask? Do you guys remember Mask? I really liked Mask. I, I yes. don't. I don't. So there was. Oh, it was it so was, good. It was a really, really good version of like Transformers meets GI Joes. It, yeah. it was like all American robot Transformer hero. There was this guy Matt Tracker who had a red. <laughs> um, he had a red. Um, DeLorean. Like a, yeah. It was like a DeLorean knockoff. It wasn't like a DeLorean. It was like a race car. Race car, yeah. And it that could had just, fly. That had cannons that came out of the back <laughs> and it could fly. And he had his, his son, like, Tracker Jr. had like this little... <laughs> Tracker <laughs> I don't know what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's probably exactly obviously, what it was, He had this actually. little thing that was obviously an R2-D2 ripoff, but it was also like a moped. So it's like he was this little. Oh, well, they, you know, this thing. is coming back to me. I remember Tracker this Junior thing. sounds like the name that didn't make the cut for Talladega Nights or something. Yeah. You know, like or or like what you would keep your your notes in back in junior high. Right. <laughs> Tracker Keeper. Tracker <laughs> or it keeper. could be a Burt Reynolds movie. Tracker Junior. Um. <laughs> Tracker Junior. Texas Ranger. <laughs> and so they they had. Um, I made a new cocktail week this week, and or I didn't make. Well, anyway, so anyway, it was naming. We we're naming this drink, and I my submissions for this my drink name were this. Uh, the Flemish Hello, <laughs> which I think might just come out like that. <sighs> just sounds like something yeah, gay. Okay. <laughs> the 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 Dutch Hello, which is actually what we want, and the Flemish Treat. Can, can these we, all can sound we make... things like these all sound like gay things that a, that a foreign man would try to do to you. So, in a bar. so can, can we throw in some suggestions here? What, yeah. What's in the drink? How do you make uh, it? No, no, no. I think that, uh, that we ended up titling it the Dutch Hello. Okay. So, so from that alone, what other names do you think would be good for this drink? Mm. The Dutch Hello. Um, I'll give you Flugel. The, Flugel. Um, the the Flemish River. The Flemish River. So it, it's it's an apple drink. Okay. It, there's apples and sour beer. Hmm. But but I just thought the beer. Dutch the Dutch Hello has sparked some really interesting conversations. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um, people people go people are like. What is that? And so these two guys, these two real lunkheads were in the bar last night and they're sitting down and like, you know, big old guys and like, they're like, the Dutch hello. And, I, and they're like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, you've never heard of the Dutch hello? <laughs> Gentlemen, how have you survived this long and you haven't heard of the Dutch hello? I mean, come on. You seem like men of the world. You've never heard of a Dutch hello? <laughs> and this is how we say goodbye in German. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, I guess you had to be there. It was good. I was just reminded. It sounds of that. great. No, it sounds good. I was. I've just been sitting here trying to think of a good name for the drink. Uh, some kind of pun with the word rind. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if it was German, it would be the Rhine Rind. Yeah, I know. I definitely thought of the Rhine. Well, actually, the river. so it's Belgian. Um, the beer. Oh, okay. The, the, well, Flem Flemish. <laughs> Flem on the Rhine. I think that's what it should be called. <laughs> 
I think it should have been left. I, the Dutch treat was too close to an actual. It felt like something that might be left could, after an oven. It could be. It could be uh, <laughs> Georgia. Georgia on my rind. No. Oh, oh good oh. jazz standard uh, joke there. Oh, that was funny. Oh, that was funny. That was that was something, wasn't it? That was a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fall shows are back. There's there's some shit that you don't want to watch. That's going oh, dude, on you know it's like I'm not that interested in football. I realized over the years. Like, I mean, I'm. I think football is interesting to watch. It's fun to watch, but I'm just not that interested in it. And when football season comes around, people just start acting like idiots. It's or like just maybe the idiot comes out of the They closet. act like hairy, crazy ants. They think it's suddenly cool to wear other men's <laughs> names on their backs. <laughs> You're right. Football like, season is kind of like book burning season. They're like, oh, here we go again. All they're doing <laughs> is like talking Let about the all their imaginary boyfriends, like at their fantasy team and like... You know, and it's just like I just and it's endless. And you know, Oakland, this guy and that guy. It's really scary because we're in Raider Nation, and if you haven't heard anything about Raider Nation, let me tell you, it's scary. It's like a, it's like the when you go to a Raiders game here in Oakland, it's hey, like hey, going hey. to like a, um, it's like was that? It's what like you? going to the Coliseum in the in the first century. No, it's just scary. People like people get really aggressive and stuff, and like I don't know, like. I once got almost ran off the road by a, a big truck with the Raider Nation thing on it. And, and forevermore, Lee has been traumatized. <laughs> that was it. That, that's what he's. That, that's what you're basing Seriously. all of this, this, uh, these feelings on. Is the one no, time you I, almost got cut off. No, people do get like, shot at Raider games, yeah, and that is not necessarily bad. common. Unless you're going to professional football games. Uh, yeah, that's not necessarily part of the sport. No, I'm just saying yeah. locally here. This is one of my like, you know. You know re- reasons why I don't go to games is because my local team, it, it, it gets a little scary over there, mm. and it may, I sound like a wimp, and I am. Mm. If you're if if, <laughs> if you're afraid of like the fans of a sport, then you know you're too much of a wimp. For no, the no, no, sport dude, Everybody's afraid of Raider fans. That's, that's just true. universal. That's that has true. nothing to do with it. But I, I do feel like that I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, about football, I just don't care about it at all. And I mean, even like you know, hearing about. You know, inane people wasting tons of money, like, you know, spending on season tickets and things like that. I just find it like, wow, like, what a tremendous waste of time. It is like the dumbest of our tentpole sports. Like, baseball and basketball, like, you know, I, you know, I'm not a jock, but I enjoy watching a basketball. I enjoy watching a baseball. Football is, just, is, is pretty much the most lunk-headed thing that we enjoy. Do you enjoy watching the people that are interacting with those balls, or do you just like, I no, like watching the baseball no, and I the watch, basketball? I watch ESPN 4, which is just, um, uh, ESPN's 4 through 6 are just um, channels where they just show the particular ball <laughs> or object used in the sport. I watch, ESP, I watch ESPN 8. Yeah, which the, is just, Ocho. the Ocho. It's just, it's just a the hockey, Ocho. Just the hockey pucks in there. Yeah, it's just a hockey. Just, like, just, it's, it's just actually, lit very interestingly and dramatically. That's it's a it. hockey puck, and there's some puppies. Twenty four hours day, just a puck you know, sitting in a room with some puppies. Let's talk about puppies because they're great. <laughs> <laughs> because they, like uh, puppies, the puppies are so right, and yet, uh, <laughs> um, and but then the only problem with the puppy is it becomes a dog. And a dog can become a problem. And I, I, you know, I love dogs, but I, I, as an apartment dweller in um, an urban environment, it's a little hard for me to rationalize having a dog. So, so uh, Lee, I'm going to go out on a limb here yeah. and say you've never raised a puppy. No, but yeah. they're so cute. Yeah, they are super cute if somebody else cleans up their shit. I know. <laughs> I love that you're saying they become a dog and become a problem. No, you don't understand. They turn into a dog and become less of a problem because they don't shit on your couch every day. But they day. also become less cute. But it's like a cute couch poop. It's like, oh, look at that little thing pooping on my couch. Oh, my God, that's so cute. 
I feel completely opposite. I yeah. actually have no interest in having puppies, and I only would like dogs. Yeah, yeah. good. Considering like, you are a male because... human, you will not have to have puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in having puppies. Like, well, you are well positioned biologically to avoid that. It almost it almost sounds like you were at a press conference. I have no interest in having puppies. Uh, I just want to set the record straight. <laughs> Let's do, let's do a press conference. Uh, I'm the president, and you guys are the puppy lobby. You're going to ask me questions, okay? All right. Uh, Mr. President, Mr. President. Uh, yep, Mr. President. Um, I, I, if elected to office uh, for a second term, would you uh, levy a tax against puppies? Uh, look, uh, puppies are cute, uh, and they have to pay their fair share. Uh, now, <laughs> they you know, won't have to pay taxes, but they will have to uh, you know, hug people and lick them. Um, and there will be a flat lick tax. If you are a puppy uh, making um, more than 4,000 per year, uh, you will have to uh, lick that many people. It's just fair. Fair is fair. Okay, this press conference is over. <laughs> I, w- I was going to ask if you were going to extend health benefits to them. But you um, don't have to answer. Okay, I will answer. Okay, let's have that conversation um, like uh, 30, 30 or 40 years earlier in your Richard Nixon and I'm... Yeah, I'm, comedi- I'm in comedic this. shock right now. <laughs> Are we going to do this? I feel like... Funny uh, this is? Mr. Nixon, Mr. Nixon, um, will you um, draft uh, puppies to fight in the Vietnam War? Well, I'll tell you now. I'm not going to do anything to anybody else's puppies that I wouldn't do to my own goddamn puppy checkers. And I'm going to send him over to Vietnam and have his little brain scooped out. I hope that he survives, but if he doesn't, I'll understand that he sacrificed his life for his country. Wow. That was the most frighteningly amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. What the fuck just happened? Okay, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. So, Hanji, you're going to be George Washington. No. (laughs) This is getting worse You cannot follow that shit up. Fucking Caleb just reached out of his asshole and channeled the spirit of Richard Nixon. He's good, isn't he? He's a good uh, And a good fucking Nixon. told me, and I felt like, you know what? Yes, you are right. We should kill puppies. That's the, that's the power of Nixon. Yeah. My God. Maybe it was because I couldn't actually see you at the time. Yeah, that must help. Because I was staring at the ground. If I had, maybe if I had seen you, I it would have been less that terrifying. Was, you know, maybe that just makes it. It's like if there was a Richard Nixon glory hole <laughs> in the universe, <laughs> we and are it was not like going to dramatize that. You Lee. just put your jowls through a hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. Just the jowly essence of Nixon coming through the hole. You know, without the out necessarily everything else, it made me realize just then that that would be. You know, he would have been. Uh, uh, he would have been a great leader. <laughs> He would have been he if he wasn't so morally awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah. I think if the, he's just Richard the Second, right? Richard, Richard the <laughs> Second. Can uh, can you do a little bit of uh, Shakespeare in your? I've always wanted to hear oh, do Richard the Nixon. Like, mm. can you do? Now is the winter of our discontent. All right, I okay. I'll do as much of it as I can remember. Yes. Now is the winter of our discontent. Made glorious spring, and that's about all I can fucking remember. Actually, Dick, it's a glorious summer to revive this son of York. Oh my god, there's so At least I didn't get assassinated. That, was, that didn't sound like him. Or have chlamydia. <laughs> there are many advantages to being you over Are me. you gonna wrap this show up anytime soon? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting wicked sick of this. Yeah. 
Folks, we've had a great time on Morning Anthem. Uh, we're running out of things for us to say, and we're just reverting to having presidents say things for us. So... Uh, we're hoping you're having a good time listening to us here on MorningHandsome.com and LiberalGuiltRadio.org. I want to remind you that this is Pledge Week, uh, so uh, listen to podcasts instead of the radio. No, Pledge Week's done. Is, is it done? Oh, okay. Pledge Week's done? Okay, it's done. It's over. It's finished. No more, no more Pledge Week ever again. And probably the conversation about it should finish, too. Did you get your emergency H? Oh, wait, it's Pledge Week again. (laughs) (laughs) They always do that. Folks, we'll see you next Pledge Week here on Morning (laughs) Answer. Bye-bye.